Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Hey, turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. It's in the Old Testament that's uh, between Ezekiel and Hosea. Uh, How many of you are thankful today for the table of contents in your Bible? I mean, praise God, okay. Uh, Daniel chapter 1, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible. You can actually go to our info area in the lobby, and we'll give you a Bible. Today we're starting a brand new series that we're calling We Refuse to Live Life Alone. And this series is all about the importance and the necessity of community and friendship and relationships. And our theme verse is this, from Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, it is not good, it's not good for the man to be alone. And all my single brothers in the house just said amen right there. Just say, that's my life verse right there, Pastor. Um, And so it says, it is not good for the man to be alone. By the way, this is the very first problem in the Bible. That from Genesis 1-1 until this verse right here, everything was great. In fact, the rhythm of those verses is that God would create something. So he would create like like the sun and the stars, the moon. He'd create light and darkness. He'd create birds and, and fish, and he'd create all these things. And then he'd look down at his creation and say, you know what? That is good. But this is the very first time that he looks at something and says, you know what? That is not good. See, the first problem in the Bible was not sin. The first problem in the Bible was loneliness. And that's because... God designed us for relationships, that we are hardwired by God to be connected with each other, to be in relationship and to be in community with each other. And so understand this, you and I, we are not designed to live life alone, that God created us in a way where we're not designed to live life alone. But here's what I've come to understand. Even though that God designed us to not live life alone, we still have a choice whether or not we live life alone. And so our prayer is that our church is full of people who make this decision. And really that this series is not just a cool series title, but it's really a declaration of people in our church that says this is a line in the sand moment that we refuse to live life alone, that we just won't do it. And so in this series, we're going to show you from the Bible how making that decision will really just change your life. And so today, we're going to be looking at a group of friends in the Bible who made that decision, who made this decision, you know what, we refuse to live life alone, and we're going to see how that decision ultimately change their life. And so today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, and we provided something inside your worship guide to take notes, you can actually write down this message title. The next few minutes, I want to talk to you about friendship facts. Friendship facts. Okay. So let's pray. Let's invite God into this moment. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll just, we'll have some fun today. Okay, God, we love you. And we thank you so much for bringing us all here today. Out of all the places in the world that we could be, you called each and every one of us here today. And God, we all have things that are going on in our life right now. But God, right now, we set those things to the side not because we want to ignore those things, but because we want to focus on you. And so God, I ask that you speak to us. 
I boldly ask that you speak to each and every one of us. So God, would you open up our ears to hear you and open up our eyes to see you today as we open up your word. And God, I pray boldly that each and every one of us walk out of here different than when we walked in. That God, we do not need to hear from a man. We need to hear from you. And so God, we give you permission to do whatever you want to do over the next few minutes. And God, we are full of faith that the Bengals are going to get a W today. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. Amen. Friendship facts. Friendship facts. Hey, before we jump into the text, let me give you some context. In 605 B.C., the nation of Israel was taken captive by another nation known as Babylon. And this was the world's superpower at the time. It was a very secular, godless nation. And when they conquered Israel, they began to take Jewish young men back to Babylon as slaves. And so that's where we pick it up. And that's what it's describing in Daniel chapter 1, starting in verse 4. It says, select only the strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. And by the way, most scholars believe that these young men were between the 15 and 16 years old. So they were teenagers. So make sure they're strong, healthy, good-looking, he said. And then make sure that they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. In other words, make sure that we select the best of the best like only the top of the class. Make sure that you get the best of the best and then train these young men in the language and the literature of Babylon. And here's why that sentence is so important because what they were doing is they were trying to immerse these these teenagers. They were trying to indoctrinate them into Babylon culture because they had some Jewish culture and they had to get that out of them to make sure that they had the Babylonian culture on the inside of them. And so they were trying to do this, immerse them and indoctrinate them in this new culture. And they were to be trained for three years. And then they would enter the royal service. And then it starts talking about these friends, Daniel. And then it introduces to three guys that we're going to really kind of laser focus in over the next few minutes. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called that name. (laughs) And Hananiah was called, and maybe you'll recognize these names. They were called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. And Azariah was called Abednego. And now we don't know exactly when these three guys became friends. Like whether they were friends when they were hanging out in Israel before everything kind of went down, or maybe they became friends like during this whole time when they were in slavery and they were in this training. But here's what we do know. For three years during their training, they did this normal day-to-day life together. They went to school, they studied, they learned together, they grew, they talked about all types of stuff, they had fun And if these guys were really between the ages of 15 and 20 who have brains that doctors through modern technology and medicine and research have concluded that are not fully developed yet, that every single one of those guys, they also probably got into trouble together. And they also made some really, really, really bad decisions together. How many of you know, like just by show of hands, let's just get honest here in church. How many of you, like the biggest trouble that you've ever gotten, your friends were right there beside you? Anybody? Okay. 
You know, how many of you know that like the, just show of hands, just the, the, the kind of the, the dumbest things you've ever done in life was with your friends. Just anybody? Yep. Am I the only one? Now, I've got all types of stories that I wish I could tell you that I'm sure over the course in the history of the decades of us in this church, I will share at some point. But right now, I just don't have the time. Let me just put it this way. It's a miracle that I've never been in jail, okay? Um, <laughs> but the Bible, it says that these three guys that they did this day-to-day life together. And by the way, never underestimate the value and the importance of your day-to-day relationships. The people that you do day-to-day life with all the time. In fact, I believe with all my heart that the quality of my life is determined by the quality of my day-to-day relationships. The people that I surround myself with, the per, like the people that it's not just I occasionally see, but the people I see every single day, that the quality of my life is determined by the quality of my day-to-day relationships. And that's why it's so important for you and I to intentionally fight to find the right people to be in our day-to-day lives. Let me just encourage you, don't let your relationships be by default. Don't let them be just because that's who you went to school with. Or don't let them be just because that's who you happen to work with or the people that you happen to live beside. Don't let your relationships be by default. Let your relationships be by design, meaning you intentionally seek those people out. And what I believe with all my heart is that some of the best people in all of Cincinnati are right here in this room right now that you can find those type of relationships right here in this church. That when I look around and I see the people that are in here, a lot of you that I've gotten to meet, and maybe I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, I would love to at some point. But when I look around this room and I see the individuals that are in this room, I see some of the best people in all of Cincinnati. People that are life-giving, people that are fun, people that are wise. I'm just telling you, some of the greatest people are here right now. And let me just challenge you. Don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them. And maybe you're here and the reality is, and I've known this for for a long time. I've been doing this for 15 years full time and I keep having this conversation over and over again. So I know it's very real that some of you may be here and you feel right now, even right now, right here in the middle of all the people that are surrounding you and you feel completely alone. It's amazing how at times we can be in a crowd of people and feel lonely. And the truth is, maybe that's where you're at today, is that you feel like, you know what, I know I'm surrounded by people, but I feel completely alone. And I want you to know, I've been there. And I'm sorry. But look me in the eyes. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. In fact, Psalm 68, 6, if that's where you're at today, listen to what it says. God places the lonely in families. And I believe God has placed you in this family. That I believe that we are better with you in our family. And I believe that your future best friends are in this church. That as soon as we get done and and the the last chord is played, the last amen is prayed, and then we go out these doors, you know what? You have a chance to either bolt to your car or you can go meet some of your future best friends right there in that lobby. You know, some of you, maybe like you've never been in a small group, but I believe some of your closest friends right now are in a small group that you haven't attended yet. Or maybe serving on a dream team that maybe you haven't jumped on yet. 
And I just think that there's some of the best people on planet earth that are here. In fact, yesterday we had an event called I Love My City where we go and we love and serve our city with no strings attached. And I got this text after it was over and somebody just sent me this text. I made a friend. Isn't that awesome? I made a friend. You know why? Because she showed up and she served beside some people and there made a friend because we all have a part to play. You have to put in the effort. You have to push through the awkwardness of new relationships. And let me just give you permission. All new relationships are awkward. All of them. So refuse to be a victim and go be the friend that you want other people to be for you. And watch that beautiful verse of God placing the lonely in families be true in your life. Okay, I'm going to step off that soapbox and jump back into the text, okay? See, this week as I was studying about these three friends, I noticed something so interesting. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are never mentioned individually. They're always mentioned together. In fact, 18 times they're mentioned in the Bible and 18 times they are mentioned together. There's not one verse in the entire Bible that only talks about Shadrach. There's not one verse in the entire Bible that just kind of breaks down Meshach's life. There's nothing that's in there about Abednego only. That every time they're mentioned, they're mentioned together. And as I started reading through their story, in fact, you can read through all of it this week in Daniels 1 through 3. Daniels chapter 1, 2, and 3. It, all 18 times you see their story there. And as I was reading, I saw, like, it's like they jumped off the pages. These three facts about friendship. And here's the first one. Write this down. Our friendships affect our future. Our friendships affect our future. When you read their story, their futures were drastically affected by their relationships with each other. Listen to what it says in Daniel chapter 1, verse 18. It says, when the training period, that three years was ordered by the king, was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar, all of them, and the king talked with them, and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they, all of them, so they entered the royal service. They got the job promotion together. They, they entered the royal service that whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them 10 times more capable than any of the other magicians and enchanters in the entire kingdom. And then later in Daniel chapter 2, verse 49, Daniel gets a promotion all by himself. But listen to what he says. He says, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon. That if I'm going to get an upgrade, they're getting an upgrade. And, it's, and it says that, that while Daniel remained in the king's court. See, their friendship, it affected their future. That because they were friends, they pushed each other. They made each other better. They fought for each other. And the truth is, they went further together than they ever could have by themselves. And the Bible, it talks a lot about the importance of our relationships and the people that we surround ourselves with and how important it is to choose those people wisely. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 13, in verse 20, it says, walk with the wise. And then the result of that, you'll become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 
verse 33, it says, bad company, it corrupts good character. And let me just tell you that the best way to get good character is to remove bad company. And I found this statement to be true. In fact, I was a youth pastor for over 12 years and I'd look junior high and high school students in the face and I'd encourage them with this statement. And I believe it's true today more than ever before that show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That if you show me the friends, the people that you surround yourself with, I don't care how old you are, I'll be able to say, oh, I see where you're heading. I see your future. In other words, that if you wanna know where you're going, if you wanna know the direction you're headed, look at your closest friends. Because friends are like escalators. There is no neutral. They either take you up or they take you down. And so listen to this principle and write this down, that my relationships will determine the direction of my life. They just will. That the relationships, the people we surround ourselves with, they will determine the direction of my life. So if that is true, I want the people closest to me to be people who are passionately in love with Jesus, who love the church, who love people, who aren't just apathetic. I want people that are passionate. I want people who are generous. I want people of conviction, people of courage, people of faith, people who always push me to always live for God, people that push me to make a difference with my life, like the people that help me be better, not just in one area, but every single area of, my, of our life. And that's because our friendships affect our future. Here's number two. It's that our friendships affect our faith. Our friendships affect our faith. See, Daniel chapter three is the most well-known story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is the story that VeggieTales told so eloquently in the mid-90s right here. Some of you are like, oh, now I remember that, okay. Rack, Shaq, and Benny. Come on, how many of you grew up on some VeggieTales, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> some of y'all got way too excited about that, okay? But this story, it says the king, Nebuchadnezzar, that he made a big gold statue of himself. And he passed a law that every person had to bow down and worship this statue. But those three friends refused to bow. That when everybody around them would bow, they would stand up. And it wasn't that they didn't want to bow. They just wanted to bow to the right king. And it's not that they didn't want to worship. They just wanted to worship the right God. And so when everybody around them would bow, they would stand up. And when the king finds out that they're not bowing, he loses his mind. In fact, it says this in Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 13, says, Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, see how they're mentioned together? that he, he, brought, he brought them before him. And then when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance. It's like he says, just in case you didn't understand, if you didn't get the memo, I'm gonna give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God 
will be able to rescue you from your power. And I love their immediate response. And so listen, not only to their response, but listen to their faith. In the very next verse, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, pause. Which one of them talked? Was it Shadrach? Oh, you know Meshach, he has his way with words. It was probably him that stepped up and talked. Was it Abednego? Did they like in unison <laughs> say this? Like, okay guys, remember we rehearsed this. Okay, <laughs> one, two, three. And then they just in unison, very creepy and robotish, just kind of repeated the same thing. I don't know. But all I know is that the Bible says that all three of them replied. And maybe they were so united. They were so on the same page. They were so close that when one of them spoke, they all spoke. And they say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. And he will, I love that faith, it's not might, he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. I love that little like respectful. But even if he doesn't, and that's the type of faith I want to have. I want to have the type of faith that says no matter what I'm facing, I know that God can do it. But even if he doesn't, that but even if he doesn't, faith. And they say, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. And then one of the three of them dropped the mic. <laughs> I wrote in my journal this week, I wonder if they would have had the same faith that same courage, that same conviction if they were alone. And what I believe is that it's so much easier to take a stand for what's right when you take a stand together. And that's because commitment, conviction, and courage are stronger in community. It's true. You don't believe me? Ask anybody that's made a New Year's resolution to go work out, and then they did it by themselves. Good luck around January 27th. But when you make that commitment together, when you have that conviction together, when you have that courage together, it's so much stronger than if it was by yourself. Commitment, conviction, and courage are stronger in community. I love this quote from Billy Graham where he says, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. And I don't know about you, but those are the type of friends that I want. I just don't want faithful friends. I want faith-filled friends. Friends that believe that God is who he says he is. Friends that believe that this is the word of God, that what's in here is true, that God can do the impossible. Friends that believe in the power of prayer. Friends that, friends that love to be there no matter what. Friends that won't ever, ever, ever let you quit. Friends that are there no matter what's going on. Friends that are there when it's hard that will stand with me, pray with me, and lend me their faith when mine is slow. And so earlier this year, a member of our dream team was in a really bad spot. 
and was just really seriously in a season of battling very severe anxiety and depression. And on her worst day, sitting alone in her car, she made the decision that she was gonna go inside her house and take her own life. It got to the point where it's like, I'm done with life. And just as she was about to go inside the house to do what she had already decided to do, her roommate pulled up in her car right beside her, not knowing, not having a care in the world, just singing and dancing like crazy, like that. (laughs) Maybe T-Swift or something is on the radio, just blaring Jonas Brothers, something like that. She's not knowing anything that's going on, just carefree, everything's going great. But then she immediately saw that something was wrong. And when she saw that something was wrong, she immediately got her in her car and stayed with her for almost two hours waiting to meet with somebody in the church. So for almost two hours, this one friend held her hand on her hardest day, prayed over her, for two hours and sang worship songs over her for two hours. And she had the faith for her that she didn't have. And she told me later, looking back on that moment, this is quote, I know in my heart, I'm still breathing because I had a friend who dropped everything to stay with me and a father who loved me so much that he sent her just in time to save me. Those are the type of friends that I want friends that affect our faith. So our friendships, they affect our future. Our friendships affect our faith. And then number three, our friendships affect our freedom. Our friendships affect our freedom. See, despite their faith, they still got thrown into the fire. But look what happened. Daniel chapter three, verse 23. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, don't miss this, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a God. Did you catch that? This is one of my favorite things about this entire story. Because they went into the fire together securely tied. And then they came out of the fire together unbound. Listen, when we go through the fire with friends, we will find freedom. Because you and I were never designed to go through the fires of life alone. That God's plan for your freedom is other people. In fact, look at this at James chapter five, verse 16. It says, confess your sins to God. No, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. In other words, that we go to God for salvation, but we go to people for healing. And this is a huge part of the vision of our church, that we have a vision for your life and your family and your kids and your coworkers and people you live beside. And our vision is to see every single person go on this spiritual journey where they know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And that find freedom part is a big deal around here. 
And we've designed our church in a way to help people find freedom, to accomplish what this verse says. And that's why we do our small groups. And I can't encourage you enough to jump into a group, to get into a group. You can find all of them online, queencitypeople.com slash groups. You can go and you can search all the different groups. We have all types of groups that meet at different times throughout the week. You can find one that fits your schedule because there's workout groups. Like I'm telling you, they're not all just Bible studies where people are sitting around studying the book of Revelation. Like there's, there's workout groups and there's freedom groups. And there are some Bible study groups and book study groups. There's a Thursday night football small group. Come on, somebody. You like watching NFL football? You can hang out with people that do that. We even have a video game group. So you can just go play Fortnite and find some freedom in the the whole thing. (laughs) But here's what you got to understand about our small groups. It's that the goal is not the curriculum. The goal is not the curriculum, that's just a hook. That's just to get you in the door. That's just a bonus that you get to study that or you get to, the goal is not about the curriculum, the goal is about the connection that you could have with other people. The goal is to create a safe place for you to find some friends and meet people. But most importantly, a place for you to be real, to take off your mask, let people in, and talk to people about what's really going on in your life. If you do that, if you choose to take off your mask, to be real, if you make a decision, you know what, I'm gonna go to that group and I'm gonna refuse to live life alone. I promise you, you will experience freedom and healing like you never have before. Because we believe with all our heart that life change, that it happens in the context of relationships. This is a big deal around here. So our friendships, they affect our future, they affect our faith, and they affect our freedom. Let me end with this. Because this story, like everything in the Bible, it actually points to Jesus. It was very subtle, but did you notice in the last scripture that we read in the book of Daniel, did you notice the fourth man? It says this, we'll go back to it, verse 25. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, they're free, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a God. See, that fourth man didn't just look like a God, the fourth man was the Son of God. It was Jesus. In fact, there's a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 43, verse two, about Jesus. It says, when, not if, but when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown and then check this out. When, not if, but when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. See, I can't promise you church, that you won't ever go through a fire, but I can promise that you'll never have to go through a fire alone. There's another in the fire. One of my favorite names of Jesus in the Bible is Emmanuel, which means God with us, which means we never have to go through anything alone. He's with us every single step of the way, but let me show you how that's even possible. In fact, Kendall, can you help me? Come up here. 
Come up here. Let me see. Nat, come up here on this side. Come up here. You guys, come up. Everybody, welcome my friends right here. You can clap your hands. Do that. Clap it. Stand here beside each other. Stand right beside each other. Face them. See, you're going to represent God. I, obviously, I think that just makes a lot of sense. Okay. You're going to represent us. Okay. I want you to know that when God created the world and he created us, he created us to be in relationship with each other. He created us to, to be close to each other. And so this was the original intent. But then something called sin entered the world. And when sin happened, it created this gap to where all of a sudden, because a lot of times what we think that, what does sin do? What did it really do whenever sin came into the world? I can tell you the greatest consequence of sin is that it disconnected. It severed the relationship, the friendship between us and God. And that was something that is one of the greatest things that sin, when it came into the world, is that it separated us from God. What we used to have, we can't have anymore because God is so important for him to be able to, that he's perfect and holy and just, and he can't be in the presence of sin. So it created this distance, this relational gap. But here's what I love about God, that when he saw this, he wanted to be in relationship with us so much that he had to do something about it because he loves you and I too much to let this just happen. So Andrew, jump up here real quick. Jump up here real quick. And let me show you why Jesus is so important because Jesus, he sent his one and only son into this world to do what we can never do for ourselves, which was fix this. And so Jesus on the cross, he connects these two relationships. That's something that, why the cross is so important, that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross in our place, bridging the gap so that we could have a relationship with God again. He restored the relationship that was broken by our sin. That's why one of Jesus's most well-known names is friend of sinners. And here's what I want you to understand that when we hear that, we think about people that are the worst and the, like people that, oh my goodness, I can't believe that Jesus still loves them. Yeah, but like Jesus loves us because we sin and we mess up and it separates us. And Jesus is the friend of sinners. In fact, let me give you one more friendship fact. The cross of Jesus Christ is history's most heroic act of friendship because it restored this relationship so that we could have what he always intended, a close, personal, consistent, daily, not just on Sunday, not just for an hour, but that so we could have a relationship with God. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Thank you. And right here, right now, just ask God right now, God, what are you saying to me? Don't worry about anybody that surrounds you. I believe right now that God has been speaking to you. And so ask him, what are you saying directly to me? What does my response need to be to this message? Because you need to know, maybe you're here and just started coming to our church. You need to know that we believe that our Sunday should always affect our Mondays. So what's a next step for you?
What is God speaking to you? What does your response need to be? So maybe you need to take inventory of your friendships. Maybe there's some people that you need to maybe distance yourself from, or maybe there's some relationships that you need to start to initiate. Maybe for some of you, the most tangible response, I need to jump into a small group. Or maybe you're here and you know that you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God. And right there, right at the very end, God just spoke to you and said, that's you, you're separated. But the good news is Jesus provided a way to connect, but you still have to make the choice. You still have to say yes. Maybe you're here and you grew up in church and you've been around this whole church thing your whole life and you know how to sing the songs, you know how to play the church game, but you've never had a relationship with God. Or maybe you have at one point in your life, but you've kind of distanced yourself and you feel like there's a gap between you and God. And today we wanna give you the most, give you the opportunity to make the most important decision of your life. And we do this every week unapologetically because it is, it's the most important decision. And that's the decision to follow Jesus, to go all in, to say, I'm not, I'm not gonna live my life alone. I wanna live it with you. And so if you're here and that's the decision you wanna make, I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer and that's it. We're not gonna bring you up to the front. We're not gonna call you out. We're not gonna take you to a side room. All we're gonna do is we want to pray with you and give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And so in just a second, if you wanna be included in that prayer, I'm gonna count to three and I want you to unapologetically, boldly raise your hand and say, that's me, include me in that prayer. Today, my decision is I need to start or restart a relationship with God. I need to say yes to Jesus, I need a fresh start. And so if you're here and that's you and you wanna be included in that prayer, on the count of three, don't even hesitate. One, two, three, put your hand in the air and say, include me, include me, got you, I got you, I got you. Anybody else, I got you, that's awesome. Anybody else? I got you, that's awesome. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I want you, I love you, but I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. I repent, I change my mind, I change my direction. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me from the inside out? I just don't wanna change my outside behavior but would you change me? Would you change my heart? Would you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you, everything, everything, 100%, I give you everything. And right now, God, I choose to follow you. And not just for, not just for right now, but for the rest of my life. This is a line in the sand moment. I choose to follow you. We thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through the awesome, powerful name of Jesus that we pray and everybody said, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands and celebrate? Come on, we are so proud of each and every one of you that just made that decision. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com 
or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.